sexuality through embracing the healing magic of sensual dance and holistic sexual wellness. Are you ready to embody your most passionate, independent, and sexually liberated self? Beautiful babe. Now press play. Hello there. I thought you would be back. I'm really blissed out to have you here today joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Bodies podcast. And do I have an interesting episode for you today? I'm recording this on the day before Chinese New Year. So technically where I'm living, this is the last day of the year. As you do know, Chinese New Year and the Chinese Zodiac is quite different from the Western Zodiac because we use mostly animals. And that got me thinking, actually, about animals in general and how we as humans technically are animals ourselves, but we're more evolved, which is a blessing, but it's also a curse. I've been doing a lot of reading on karma, particularly the book by Sadhguru, and it does state a lot of interesting ideas of how the human race pretty much entraps our own selves. We put a lot of karmic bondage on ourselves just by our sheer mental anguish. And if we look at animals, they're pretty much free from a lot of karma. And they're essentially very liberated. And when you really look into why they are liberated, it's mostly because they just live in tune with nature. Whereas we humans complicate our living existence with thoughts and feelings from the past, which is memory, and anxiety and worry, which is in the future. So we entrap ourselves in our mind so much, whereas animals live more in their body. And that got me observing my dogs a little more closely than usual. And I realized that they have taught me so much about myself, about life, love, and even sex. There's a lot of mental torment with regards to our own sexuality that we just don't seem to address. Whereas animals, they understand that their sexuality and procreation in general is part of their species. They don't place any unnecessary feelings or thoughts about it. I've noticed as I'm going through a spiritual and sexual awakening and exploration journey that it's really all about unlearning everything that we have created as a species. The human race has overcomplicated so much and they've added too many meanings to what we call life. And if we just get back 
to its original form, get back to simplicity, just get back to groundedness. Life, love, and even sex can be so much more potent. And fun fact, I am recording this on my bed with my little furry friend right beside me. Her name is Melody. She is a Shih Tzu poodle. She's all black and she is like my life inspiration. I don't know what I would do without her. A little bit of a backstory about my dog. I got her back in Bangkok when I was living by myself. And this was during the time when I actually took a leave of absence from school for one whole term because I actually had a sexual experience that completely destroyed me. I lost my virginity to this guy who was who turned out to be married and it really broke me in so many so many ways and it's not that I was in love with him honestly he, I wasn't it was a very brief encounter he was one of those expats who would come to Bangkok for work for just a short period of time and then go back home it was such a weird experience for me after that I had to take some time for my mental health and I was alone. I wanted company. I would stay by myself in the apartment. I was okay. I really was. I mean, I was healing. And I decided that getting a dog would really help me at least get out of my head too much and put me in a better headspace. And honestly, that was the best decision that I could have ever done. And when I say that my dog right now, Melody, that she's my emotional support animal, I got her for that reason. And she is so good at her job, honestly. I couldn't ask for an, a better dog. She's like sitting beside me now, all curled up. She has no idea that I'm talking about her, but I owe her so much. She's brought so much joy into my life. And she's also taught me so much about life, love, and sex. So I decided that I'm going to share it with you guys today. Because dogs have so much wisdom. And animals in general, they have so much wisdom that they can impart on us. They're more connected to their senses. They're more grounded. They're more connected to the universe. They're more connected to nature. And when you're more connected to nature, that automatically gives you a wisdom that is timeless. It's part of the collective consciousness and we're all capable of achieving that. All right, so enough of that sentimental spiel. <laughs> now I'm gonna go to my five points that I've listed down on what my dogs, dogs actually I have two more dogs downstairs. One is a miniature pincher and one is a chow chow. So that's Bambi and Fabio. So all my dogs, collectively, what they have taught me, I've pretty much condensed it into five points that I'm going to be sharing with you right now. All right, so the first point that I pretty much touched on, on already is living in the present moment. No expectations, no commitments. Like I already mentioned a while ago, dogs and animals live in tune with nature and when you're in tune with nature there really isn't anywhere else to live but the present actually um humans are the only animals that torture ourselves completely by remembering our past mistakes animals they make a mistake once they learn from it but they don't replay that mistake over and over in their head right 
humans are psychosomatic beings. When we remember something, it triggers our response in our body. Don't believe me? How about when you watch porn, when you think of something sexy, your body automatically responds, right? You get horny. As a woman, you get wet, right? As a guy, you get a hard on. And that's what I mean by a psychosomatic being. It means that your body starts to react. Even though you're just thinking about something, your body's already reacting. So animals, they're not really that psychosomatic because they don't live in their heads, not as much as we do. So that's what I mean. They live completely present and they have to because it's basic instinct as an animal. Basic survival is to be present. That's one of our main problems as humans. And what we can really learn from our animal friends is to really just stay in the present moment. And that means not planning too much from the future. And that also means especially not having any expectations. Expectations are pretty much the root of all disappointment. Because if you don't expect anything, you won't really be disappointed. But that doesn't really mean that I'm saying to have a negative point of view and not think positive. You can, of course, desire for things, but having a conscious desire. Sadhguru talks about desire like this. Because I know a lot of other belief systems are saying desire is root to all evil, right? But you don't really need to take that. Desire is what propels us forward. If we don't want anything, there's going to be no innovation. What we need is conscious desire. An analogy of it is like being a really good soccer player, Cristiano Ronaldo, for example. When he's on the soccer field, all he wants to do is to get that ball and score it on the goal. That is what makes him really great. Having that intense desire to go towards that goal literally a goalpost and kicking the ball into the goalpost, that is his desire and that's what propels him forward. However, if you put Cristiano Ronaldo in a, let's say, shopping mall, it wouldn't make sense for him to still have the desire of going after a ball and kicking it into the goalpost. It's just about when and where. So when he's on the playing field, he knows that he needs to bring out his desire to score that goal. But in regular life, when he's at home, when he's at a party, he can like disconnect from that desire of scoring a goal into the post, right? When we say conscious desire is being able to take what you really want, but being able to put it in your pocket when it's not relevant anymore. So that is essentially what I'm saying about expectations. You can want things, but You don't need to hold it with such a tight grip. And when you're living in the present moment, when you're being completely grounded in this moment, it doesn't really matter what will happen in the future because you're just focused on right now. And how that kind of relates to love and sex is that in relationships, for example, that kind of means not placing too much weight on labels and commitments, which I I know it's not very conventional because we live in a very ultra monogamous society, 
But I'm going to be honest with you. I have been doing a lot of research and playing with the idea of polyamory and at least non-monogamy. And you might be thinking there's such a common misconception that non-monogamy is about whoring around. But it's not even about that. It's about living life to its fullest. There's an excerpt from the karma book that I was reading that I want to share with you right now. And it goes, life cannot be owned. The need to own life is responsible for much suffering on this planet. Let's say you meet someone and say, I love you. It feels really nice for three days. Then you think you must capture this love. Well, you ended up with a marriage. Nothing wrong with that. But the beauty of an experience cannot be captured. It cannot be institutionalized. This is the fundamental reason karma has become a problem. It's because you're trying to capture life. You cannot own life. You can only live it. And that's exactly what I mean when I say non-monogamy is about living life and not capturing it. Like what the passage said, marriage and putting labels on a relationship just puts you in a box. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you're just trying to grip life so much, trying to hold on to a past, trying to hold on to a future. When you marry someone, when you're in a relationship with somebody... That's trying to control the situation because you like this person so much and you just want to be able to make sure that they're yours in the future because you just want them so much you want to own it. And I don't really mean to say that relationships are all about ownership, but it stems from insecurity to want somebody for yourself, which is not bad. It's it's human nature to want to own things. Even animals do that, right? They pee on stuff. But when it becomes a problem is when we're just so completely fixated on this label and on this person that instead of being happy and instead of living a more present life, we're just constantly worrying about this other person and the future that we're trying to build together. When we're talking about sex, being present in the moment is also such a vital piece of advice. Because honestly, as a woman, and I'm pretty sure as a guy as well, a huge boundary to achieving an orgasm is being too much in your head. And we can see this in this whole idea of performance anxiety when it comes to sex. It's our mind pulling us away from the actual experience of sex and just making it robotic and lifeless. Honestly, the the best way to start resensitizing yourself to pleasure is dropping into the body. That's the number one tip I would say. And that's why I'm such a huge advocate of self-pleasure because it can be really hard to achieve complete experience of the physical sensation. Because when you're doing partner sex, you're never alone, obviously. You always, even though you are dropping to your body and to your senses, You're always going to be thinking of the other person, even in just some little way, right? And that's beautiful. Anyway, that's what sex is about. It's about connection, communication. There is nothing wrong with that. However, if you don't pleasure yourself, or at least if you're not accustomed to knowing the pleasure of your body when you're alone, it's different. Because when you pleasure yourself, you are 100% focused on yourself. 
And that's what's going to keep you being better in partner sex as well. You want to know how to turn your guy on? Turn yourself on. Which leads me to my next point about sexual boundaries. So now that you've dropped into your senses and living in the present moment, you're more receptive and open to other people. You are open to new experiences and new sexual experiences naturally. However, I think I mentioned this in my previous episode, but sexual boundaries is so important. And what we can learn from dogs is that don't be afraid to show some teeth when you're trying to establish your own boundary. You know how dogs are, right? They get very territorial. So when you're trying to get into their house, get into their space, they usually bark, right? They usually go completely bananas when someone tries to go inside the house. Funny story, my chow chow actually bit somebody before and we had to pay for the rabies shots and everything. It was kind of intense. I was so scared that he could kill people, but he's been mellower now. I'll get into that a little bit later because it's also an interesting (laughs) life lesson. But I also have noticed and learned that if this is your space, if this is your boundary, you have to fucking protect your boundary with every cell of your being. If that means biting that other person who comes into this space, if that means trying to assert your territory and protecting your house, then you fucking do it. No matter the costs. That's what I honestly lack. And that's what I also want to learn because you need to show your teeth when you protect your boundary. I think, especially as a woman, we're very much polite. This whole society thing about being polite is always so deeply ingrained in our culture, especially being Asian. You know, we're we're known to not really be direct because you always don't want to hurt other people's feelings. We forget this. And when we look at our pets, at our animals, they're the sweetest little angels. But when some strangers trying to come into our house, they turn into like this crazy like barking attacking dog they're trying to protect their space and i want you to treat your sexual boundaries the same way a dog would treat their territorial boundaries they fight for it they show their teeth they let the intruder know that you can't fucking cross this and when you show your teeth you get a little bit mean that's what makes them back away and that's what i think we can really learn from this is that your sexual boundaries and boundaries in general, you got to get mean. You really got to get mean when the situation calls for it. And that's not easy for people pleasers. I can tell you that. Me as well. That's so hard. Being mean is not an easy thing for me. It does not come easily. But if you try to put yourself in the mindset that my boundaries are physical and you can't fucking come in here if I don't want you to come in here. And That's something I... It's February, and you know what that means. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. We all seem to be in long-distance relationships nowadays, but don't let the pandemic stop you from letting your loved ones feel special today. With Flower Store BH, you can now have beautiful flower arrangements, 
gift baskets and sweets sent over to your loved ones anywhere in the Philippines. You can even personalize your deliveries by sending a sweet note to go with your gift. And for as low as 5.99 pesos, you can already have a gift delivered to your special someone on the same day. Now, whether that's Valentine's Day, an anniversary, a birthday, a graduation, or you just want to turn a normal day into a special one, you can now send your love through Flower Store. Just click the link in my description to check out their products and get a 100 peso discount on your purchase. Happy Valentine's Day! I'm trying to work on being that wild animal that'll show her teeth when necessary. And I'm learning that through my dogs, actually. But what happens when people have crossed our sexual boundaries? This leads me to my next point and my next lesson from our dogs. How to heal trauma. How to do trauma work as an animal. Because we, as humans, are animals. And I'm reading this amazing book about trauma work and how we can heal trauma by psychosomatic work. The professor who studied this takes a deep dive into understanding why wild animals don't really go through trauma or PTSD. And he has a really amazing cycle. And I kind of want to read to you the life cycle of trauma. A herd of impala grazes peacefully in a lush wadi. Suddenly, the wind shifts, carrying with it a new but familiar scent. The impala senses danger in the air and becomes instantly tense to a hair trigger of alertness. Seizing the moment, a stalking cheetah leaps from its covers of dense shrubbery. One young impala trips for a split second, then recovers. But it's too late. In a blur, the cheetah lunges towards its intended victim. At the moment of contact, or just before... The young impala falls to the ground, surrendering to its impeding death. Yet, it may be uninjured. The stone-still animal is not pretending to be dead. It has instinctively entered an altered state of consciousness, shared by all mammals, when death appears imminent. Psychologists call this altered state the immobility or freezing response. It is one of the three primary responses available to reptiles and mammals when faced with an overwhelming threat. The other two, fight and flight, are much more familiar to most of us. Less is known about the immobility response. However, it is the single most important factor in uncovering the mystery of human trauma. Psychological evidence cl clearly shows that the ability to go in and out of this natural response is the key to avoiding the debilitating effects of trauma. Trauma is psychological. The key to healing traumatic symptoms in humans is in our physiology. When faced with what is perceived as inescapable or overwhelming threat, humans and animals both use the immobility response. So going back to the impala, if that impala was freed from the cheetah, how was that impala able to avoid traumatization? 
The key to healing trauma symptoms lies in our ability to mirror the fluid adaptation of wild animals as they shake out and pass through the immobility response and become fully mobile and functional again. So that's a hefty chunk of information. What this concept is trying to explain is that animals are able to process their trauma by doing physical remedies. So going back to the Impala in the story a while ago, if that Impala was able to get free for some reason, it needs some time to pass through the freezing state, which is the fight, flight, freeze. If you're in a freezing state, you need to find physiological remedies to help alleviate that. And usually (laughs) that is through shaking. You see your dog shake all the time like they shake their whole body and they do that to shake off any trauma and it's not just to say that they are consciously doing this they're unconsciously doing this and that's why this study is so interesting because they're saying that it's also in our nature to heal our old trauma through using our body as a way to you know thaw this freezing state so it's so interesting to see that trauma is actually just It just means that our body is still in that freeze state. That's why when we have certain trauma, when we are confronted with that same situation, we freeze up. So essentially is about kind of how to trigger that animalistic side in you to be able to shake off this trauma. I can use sexual trauma as an example, for instance. If you're going through a sexual trauma and something happened to you, some sexual assault, there are three ways you can respond, right? If somebody's sexually assaulting you, you can respond fight, flight, or freeze. And when you freeze, which is what most people do, myself included, when you're going through sexual assault, is that when you freeze, you're like that impala that gets captured by the tiger. You freeze. And Again, let me remind you that this is a involuntary response. It's not very conscious. That's why I get really pissed when a lot of people are talking about sexual assault and saying like, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you say anything? I think victims a lot of the time hear this. Like, why, why are you not, why didn't you say anything, you know? Why are you only saying it now? And that's because I just want to shake them and tell them that it's because they're still in that freeze response. It's a natural biological response to any threatening situation. So you're in that freeze situation. So you are the Impala. And how you get out of that freeze situation is, like the Impala, you need some time to thaw. And if you observe the wild animals, they thaw through shaking, through trembling through shaking their whole body to reawaken their senses and that is so 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 important because trauma is stored in the body so you really need to work with your body if you're gonna try to help yourself heal from trauma which is what a lot of people miss in traditional psychology they try to heal trauma through talk therapy which can only do so much because like even science says trauma is stored in the body and there's clear limitations with psychology you know you're not even allowed to touch your patient it's very much mental and honestly again it's the overemphasis of humans 
with their minds. If you want to heal your trauma, you have to go to your body. And that's where psychosomatic work helps. But before I get so deep into it and bombard you with any more information, all that you need to remember is this. As an animal, just remember that what you can learn from your dog is that when you are going through any trauma experience, give yourself the grace to let yourself thaw if you're in that freezing state. And some of the ways you can do that is through physical activity. Your dog always shakes, right? Sometimes when it's stressed out or when there's like somebody entering your premises, they bark like crazy. Then after that, they like shake it off. And that's an interesting response. And I think the easiest response you can do when you're feeling trauma or when you're feeling stress in the body is that you just shake it off like with your whole body. You might find it kind of weird at the beginning, but it's true. We are animals and this is how we release our stress. Doing anything physical that gets you out of your head into your body will help you release this freeze state that you have encountered if you're going through any trauma or any stressful situation in general. So, which leads me to my last point is you don't actually need sex to be happy because like animals, it's all biology. It only shows up when you're in heat. It only shows up when there's hormones. Otherwise, you will be happy without it. Look at your dogs. If your dogs haven't been spayed or neutered, they only crave sexual activities when they're nearing their reproductive heat or their reproductive season. But other than that, sex to them is just instinctual. It's just part of life and it's just part of their biology. And that's how I want people to view sex, is that it's part of your biology. It's all biology. It's not bad. It's not good. There's nothing moral about sex. It's just human nature. There's just this huge polarity when it comes to sex, I think, where you have one end of the spectrum with people demonizing sex, you know, saying that, You have to wait until you're married. Sex is dirty, blah, blah, blah. Of course, we have the purity culture there, a lot of the religious people there, a lot of boomers, stuff like that. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum, which is other people who are just completely obsessed with sex and that's all they want to do with their lives. They're on this hedonistic treadmill of chasing pleasure. But you have to remember, it's just there for reproductive reasons. It's not actually that important. It's not actually a huge fucking big deal. Think of it as it really is. It's just a tool. We have the equipment, so you do the process, but it's nothing to be obsessed about, nor nothing to demonize. Finding that balance, and when you remove the moral aspect of it, sex becomes lighter. You feel more relaxed. It's just an experience. Yes, there are good experiences. There are bad experiences. But at the end of the day, it's just human nature. It's nothing to define your whole life on. Just look at your pets. They don't give a shit. (laughs) And a little bit of a bonus tip is that vasectomies can make you fucking happy. (laughs) Because my dog, I was saying a while ago that my dog he's a chow chow and chow chows are generally known to be an aggressive breed 
my dog has tried to attack people multiple times. And I remember watching Caesar Milan and saying that sometimes when especially a male dog reaches their adolescence, they have so much sexual energy that it turns into aggression. That's something you should also remember is that if you have some sexual repression, it can turn into aggression. Which leads me to my next point about vasectomies. My dog was neutered, and I'm telling you guys, he's so mellow right now. He just became a different dog. After you just take out the sexual drive of an animal, they just become so peaceful. And I think there is something to be said about that. If you see an aggressive dog turn into like a peaceful motherfucker, maybe we can honestly live without it. I think, and maybe we can even be happy without it. Ooh, can you even imagine that? (laughs) But again, it's not anything bad. It's not anything good. But vasectomies, I'm not 100% sure about how they work with humans, though. I don't know if they lower the libido or anything, but taking it from my dog, he seems very, very happy right now that he has been neutered. And I don't know. I feel like more men need to be vasectomized. Honestly, nothing turns me more on than a guy who says who he wants to get a vasectomy. Because, ah, gosh, this is another topic for another episode, but contraception is so complicated. As a woman, also, like, all these hormonal birth control, it really fucks up your system. And I don't trust traditional, like, condoms and whatever. I mean, I do trust them, but if there's a way to be 100% sure, I think vasectomies are the way to fucking go. My dream is to have a country where at least 50% of the population is vasectomized because generally like my dog you know he was very aggressive before but after he was neutered he's just so peaceful and I feel like a lot of the crimes are committed by these adolescent males so if you think about it in a animalistic term like what Caesar Milan said is that once male animals hit adolescence their sexual energy can turn aggressive if unfulfilled so i'm just thinking that most of the crimes these days are committed by like male adolescents and it's always boiling down to sex so my dream is to have part of the population if not at least like 50 percent of the population to be vasectomized imagine maybe it could even cut down crime maybe like if just looking at my chow chow, he's so fucking happy right now. He doesn't even care anymore. If all these criminals or these aggressive males, like so angry, trying to kill people, if you just vasectomize them, what if they just become mellow and just happy and we'll just have a happier society without all these sexual impulses? Plus, you can have more sex as well as a woman and not worry about pregnancy and all that. So, Isn't that like a win-win-win situation? Win for women, win for men, and win for the fucking planet and economy? So yeah, vote for me in the next elections. And there you have it, my lovely, lovely listeners. Those are my lessons we can learn from our dogs when it comes to love and sex. I hope you enjoyed this 
fun episode. I actually had quite a fun time recording this. There are so many tangents that I went into that I actually never planned on going into when I first started recording this. Anyway, so that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you so much and I'll see you next week. Thank you, beautiful soul, for tuning in and sharing your energy with me today. If you resonated with this episode in any way, I would love to hear your thoughts. Do send me a message or voice note over on my Instagram, at Carissa Regaliza, so we can connect, and maybe I can even feature you on next week's episode. But before we part ways, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And always remember that you are the exclusive ruler over your own body and life. Bye now. Coming up next time on Sovereign Bodies.